Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us on the podcast this week. Jennifer Bartlett. Hi, guys. Robbie Croyle. Hello. And myself, Logan Daly. This seems kind of caffeinated up. <laughs> Not, actually. None. None today. Well, I guess there's probably some caffeine in this tea, but not a lot. Wow. Oh, right. no. He's just, it's game face. It's game. Boom. Flying put that right high on. on natural energy. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Just fake it till you make it, baby. <laughs> fake it till you make it. Pretend that you're not exhausted. That's That was my, the end of last week into today. Mm. Uh, that was my, that was my uh, mantra, mantra, my mode of operandi. Motive, mo- modus operandi, I think that's... I, yeah. was, I was hoping to get some sleep last night and with my back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... I was so tired this morning. You got to stay away from those treadmills. They're dangerous. I guess. Tell, tell the good people what happened. Yeah, I haven't heard this story. Well, all right. So Saturday, I go to the gym, and, and I want to do squats, and someone's on... As opposed to not doing squat. Y- yeah. 100% of the time, you don't get hurt when you don't... <laughs> Not oh. true. Shh. Oh, people have hurt themselves getting up from the couch. Come on. I hurt myself sleeping last year, two years yeah, ago. That's true. That is Dislocated true. my shoulder I, in my sleep. It I happens. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I have many times I've woken up and been like, how did I injure myself while sleeping? He's such an old so. man. Anyway. Somebody so Rob w- goes to the gym. So someone is on, on this squat rack, and we have two different squat racks at our gym. And so I was like, all right, well. A little more time on the treadmill. Okay. So I, so I do like 10, 15 minutes, and I go to check out again, and still two new people. <laughs> just oh, no, rides. you got lapped. And so I'm like, you know what? I'll just do an hour, hour of cardio. Famous last words. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sunday morning, I helped out with the boxing club. <clears throat> tearing down the, the ring and loading everything onto a trailer and then unloading the trailer into a storage unit. And I was driving home, and I'm going, hmm, my back is pretty tight. It's starting to hurt. And I had some leaves I want to take care of. I'm going, I think I better listen to my body. Hmm. But um, a number of years ago, I had gotten so tight that my my back was just screaming, and I, I went see the doctor, and I really thought I blew a disc or something, mm-hmm. and he's like, you just need to stretch more. And what I found that is that if I do something new from an exercise perspective, that my body just gets really tight, and all those muscles from from the calves to the hamstring to my lower back, they're all connected. Mm-hmm. And and if I don't stay ahead of that, um, and the glutes, if I don't stay ahead of that, it it comes back to me. So I have stretched probably five times today. Oh. Done just a series. I found a YouTube video, and it takes you through 10 minutes of stretches, and I've probably done that four times. Fantastic. Yeah. So it's, it's much better. Good, good, good. 
I'll good, probably good, do it a couple more times tonight and again tomorrow morning. All right. It's a game plan. That's yeah. a game plan right there. Sermon Club stretch. Sermon Club will be mixed with yoga. <laughs> Rise and shine with the Lord. I love Let's yogurt. Let's do it. I feel like there's a lot of puns that if I knew names of yoga positions, I could make. Mm. Namaste. All I can think of is like downward dog, but... Uh, the warrior pose, tree pose. Oh, yeah. There, okay. All right, all right. The tree of life pose. <laughs> mm. I, I feel like I just want to work exegesis or hermeneutics and blend that with a yoga pose. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they do have holy yoga, which is a thing. It's like Christian yoga. Mm. Oh, my gosh. It's quite delightful. Well, I'm not jumping on this soapbox. We're saving that one for another day. All right. So other than Rob being on the injured reserves, we had a, we had a couple we had a couple things wrong with some slides. A little chaos here, a little chaos there. Extraverse here, not extraverse. Pads jumping in in the middle of things. Like, all right, that's pretty standard for Mission Ridge. Yeah, pretty standard. But really, the shortcoming of the day. And we didn't talk about this, Rob, because I wanted to spring it on you. The shortcoming of the day was the fact that you started off a sermon about <laughs> legacy by telling a story of how you and I don't like to finish sermon series. <laughs> <laughs> and how we get bored and we don't finish those strongly. <laughs> I tell no lies. I mean... <laughs> I tell no lies. It was... He was, was just too perfect. He was giggling in the back. <laughs> like just shaking. Hey. It was it was fantastic. We are transparent of nothing else. It was just the irony of it. It was so good. It was so good. There were no wrinkles. It was so irony. <laughs> oh my Layton. god. But yeah, there you go. That's the that's the real shortcoming. Can we throw a shortcoming flag on that joke? No, that was great. Flag on the play. Nope. nope. Fifteen oh. yard personal foul. <laughs> Fifteen yard penalty. <laughs> go back. Fifteen minutes ago in this podcast when we tried to start. I'm gonna it. hip check you on your way by. Mm-hmm. Oh man. All right. Well, let, let's let's finish this sermon series well here with some footnotey goodness. Let's just lay, let's put this thing to bed. Let's lay it to rest. Let's beat it over the head with a shovel and bury it. Mm. Let us be done with the discipleship. No more being a disciple making. Well, that's probably not true. But False let's statement. Be done with this series. <laughs> we'll be done jabbering Ten-yard about it. Ten yard penalty. <laughs> but I think I think a an apropos way to end this series would be to uh, loop back and talk about a little my part, their part, and God's part. And use that lens. Remember, I think that was at the beginning of this series, like 20 billion years ago. We talked about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's take those principles. Let's see if we remember them and bring them back. Mm. But let's talk about our little uh, our little Moses Joshua story, which, uh, yeah, Bob Ross skills full on display this this Sunday. That was fantastic. Was beautiful. Uh, did you notice it was the same background uh, as the, the same well? as the well, the I well did. graphic? Uh, yep, 
Yep. I was picking that up. Absolutely used that one again. In fact, it was all the same characters. I just blew them up and changed them to different colors. And there's a few happy trees. There. Mm-hmm. Bushes. Yeah. I mean, we could call them a tree. I guess it's the Middle East. Is that like a, a mustard tree? Must be. I feel like there's a there's a remez there. But anyway, all right, let's break down my part, their part, and God's part. For you want to start with Moses? You want to start with Joshua? Oh no, we'll start with Moses. All right, let's uh, we'll start at the top with Moses. So we got Moses making a disciple, mm-hmm. and in this story, uh, Moses is uh, chilling at the tent with God's presence, and he is kind of the go-between, right, between the people and God. That's kind of his his position, I guess. Is that fair? Yep. A fair assessment. Yep. Okay. Uh, so Moses's part. I guess in this disciple making process, in my mind, would be to get somebody that he can now teach his job. Yeah, he takes someone with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you Joshua, go where I go. Uh, so he takes so he takes Joshua under his wing. Yep. Joshua and is his apprentice. Joshua is being shown the ropes. Yep. And everything else that comprises the tent. Probably some poles. Along with the ropes, but uh, and, and then fabric. God's part, and probably some fabric, maybe I don't I don't know Middle Eastern tents very well, but uh, and n- not a lot of intense study on that one. But uh, God's part on this whole thing, we're breaking Jen. <laughs> she just face palmed her microphone <laughs> with her forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, God's part, twitching. though, I feel like is just showing up. I'm not sure what Rob's trying to do. I was going for the mic drop. It was just going to hang there. But I, t- <laughs> I tethered it to your microphone. I thought you were going to beat Logan with it. That's like, kind of what that looked like. It's like whatever gets him to stop these jokes. <laughs> oh, man. I'd be beating a dead horse. <clears throat> Dang anyway, it, Logan. Uh, so, uh, you keep talking, you'll be horse. Probably. And then I'll be beat. I'll be very tired. All this, all this energy will be worn out. Um, God's part, he just shows up. I, I think that's God's part. Just like it, it, at least maybe like he's there. He's literally, it was really pretty, fiery. I used a spackle brush to do that one. It was lovely. Well, yeah, yeah so God's, a couple different colors. God's mm-hmm. going to be the one who draws Joshua that, that works in Joshua's life. But yeah, there's, there's he shows more, up. He communicates. Yeah, I mean, God's the heavy heavy lifter there. Okay. Uh, and then and then uh, their part would be Joshua in this case. Mm-hmm. So Joshua chooses to go along with Moses and go where he goes and do what he does and and learn the ropes. Yeah, he just right. he adjusts his schedule to to Moses's. Um. Joshua and Joshua is one of two. One of two men, out of an entire generation that end up in the promised land. Mm-hmm. The other was Caleb, right? Correct. Okay. Well done, Bible trivia, Jen. And we're talking about two million people, mm-hmm. six hundred thousand <clears throat> soldiers. That's a, that's a fair chunk of people. Two men. It's not a good. It's not a winning ratio. Two out of two million. That's like no. point one in a zero, million odds. Zero, zero, one. <laughs> Never tell me the odds. 
Darn it, 3PO. I wonder if I was right on that percentage. You might have been. Let's go check. Let's go check that with the the tape and the calculator. Abacus. We use an abacus. Oh, brother. Just going to. All right. Who names their kid Abacus anymore? Uh, I don't know. He's bound to be good at math. (sighs) For uh, anybody (laughs) considering having a child, that's a name. Oh my gosh. If they end up not being good at math, it's going to be real funny <laughs> for everyone but them. Uh, so, all right. So, we we kind of break that down a little bit. We might come back to that in a second here. So, if we put the focus on Joshua, what's so in, within his story, he's got my part, their part, and God's part. So, God's part is the same. So so now Joshua he he kind of reminds me of uh some of the commanders I dealt with in the military especially higher level once they were working at the at the group level or or the wing level on up a lot of them they they were either good at dealing with kind of the the home fires the squadron or they're okay. really good at dealing with things at the national level and they could make things happen and just kind of move the conversation along at the national level, okay. which was which both both were important. Mm-hmm. Typically, the commanders that that I saw, they were good at one or the other. In this case, like Josh was fantastic at uh, at, at leading the people and and just kind of taking care of business. Right, mm-hmm. um, enters the promised land. Like, read the book of Joshua. He does. A lot of things really, really well, but he doesn't prepare that next generation. And so he's a guy that probably not dealing with the home fires very well, but but he's he's out there conquest, you know, doing taking, a lot of that well, taking names, sure, mm-hmm. moving into the promised land, leading the people in that, you know. So he's 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 kind of one sided there, right? And that's where I think. Uh, Either he didn't catch what Moses was doing when he was being discipled by Moses. He didn't. He didn't retain parts of that discipleship process. Mm. You know, and and maybe Moses didn't say, "Hey, I'm discipling you." Like, you know, I'm investing in you. Invest in others. Like, it's just something that we say an awful lot. I don't know if maybe we say it too much. I don't think we can ever say that enough. Yeah. Cause, so I was I was thinking about this and and this is I think this is probably just from reading the story and not being there and not seeing. Maybe Joshua tried and nobody responded. That's that's possible. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. Uh story doesn't tell me that though that I've that I've seen in there. Um, that I've glimmered from that. So I think that this is actually a failure on Moses's part that shows up in how Joshua is carrying out his duties because Moses shows him how to do all the things and Joshua is doing the things, like he's doing the church, doing the role, if you will. But he did not catch the vision from Moses that, oh yeah, I need to train somebody once I'm in this role. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that that I if if I if just my guess, I think that falls on Moses's shoulders. That's his responsibility. And I I think that's the lesson that I would draw from it, maybe. Um, so apply this to our LTGs, right? Our life transforming groups that meet. Um, you and I started in a in a life transforming group with uh, Steve, right? Edwards, who's on our partnership team. He introduced us to this idea. He's like, "Here, I want you to try this." We said, "Okay, cool." So we start a group. We're reading the same thing he's reading. We're doing that week in, week out. We're getting together and we're discussing it. And he's casting the vision from the very beginning that you and I are going to go and start new groups. Right. Uh, but more than that, he's casting the vision for you and I that we're going to start new groups and we're going to, six months down the line or however long it takes down the line, teach those groups how to teach both of those guys, all four of those guys, if we've both started new right, groups, right. Mm-hmm. all four of those guys are now going to go out and start their own groups. And we're going to, instead of the the process now is I'm now teaching, for example, Mike was in my LTG, is in my LTG. And now part of our discussion is how's it going for you leading an LTG? Mm-hmm. Right, right. <clears throat> and part of that discussion will be How's it going teaching your guys what it's going? And so it becomes this generational thing. And I think that that's why I put it on Moses. Yeah. So, somewhat. so either Moses didn't communicate that mm-hmm. or he did and, and, and Joshua didn't pick it up. Right. Yeah. Or, or, or Joshua tried and nobody responded. But I feel like if if that was the case, the text would tell us. I think that's something. But doesn't the text tell us that they couldn't find? There was no no one in the next generation that knew the Lord. Isn't that what yeah. it says? I feel like that's slightly different than how I would expect it to word things if it was a nobody wanted to. That makes sense. I, That's I mean, just my it's Logan Daily gut feeling there. When we were talking about it last week during Sermon Club, I kind of was like, no, this falls on Moses. Like, if he's not like and he needs to say it more than once, like, okay, you need to you need to find your guy. You need to do this. Like mm-hmm. this is Yeah, I mean, and this is a leadership quality of um, you know, you, you train you train your replacement, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's an aspect of this or a lesson to be learned from this. Maybe don't wait until you need a replacement to train them. Right. That might be the that might be a, an, an added little footnotey goodness glimmering that you can get from from this story. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I mean, De- Deuteronomy six um, six through eight is is a commandment that's given to all of Israel, these words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. And and so the, the whole generation of people that did not teach anyone. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
Um, that's um, and so whether or not the text gives us a clear enough picture of, I, I think, I, I don't know, if, I don't know if the text was intending to give us this picture or not. You know, the rabbis don't talk about this as a as a discipleship relationship. We're just drawing out from uh, these two passages in Exodus um, 20 and 33, or was it 21? It was 20 and 33. Um, so this Exodus 20 where the Ten Commandments are given and, and the people were like, Moses, you talk to God and we'll talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't... And then... And, and the only person that's actually involved in that conversation at all along with Moses, um, out of Exodus 33, we're told that, that that's Joshua. Yeah. The, either way, whether or not we cast vision succinctly or not, mm-hmm. or it was the vision was cast and, and someone didn't pick it up, either way, doesn't matter if I'm passing you the baton and I drop it, or you are being passed to and you drop it. The baton got dropped, mm-hmm. and so we have to watch out for both sides of that. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, makes sense. I'm wondering, and this is probably a little off topic, if Moses would have pushed back on the people and said, "No, you also need to communicate with God." If that would have cause the generation that doesn't know him to have relationship with him. But that's a different topic for another time. Mm. Say that again. So when the people are like, Moses, you communicate with God for us. If he would have said, no, this is part of like your relationship with him is you having relationship with him. If that would have changed why just Two generations after that, there's nobody that knows, has a relationship with him. Sure. Yeah, he, he doesn't fight very hard. He, he does a little bit. Um, he says immediately after, do not be afraid for God has come in order to test you in order that the fear of him may remain on you so that you may not sin. Mm-hmm. So he, t- he tells them, don't be afraid. They said, hey, we are afraid. And he says, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. But... The text doesn't give us any clue that um, he tries any harder than that. Yeah. And, and the text has mechanisms for letting us know yeah. whether or not they pursued that conversation further. Right. Well, and I, I would throw in there possibly, um, you, you might be right, like that's possible, but also... That's not the way the world worked back then. Right. That's that would have been a completely the the concept of of uh, interacting with your God on, on like as we know it. Right. This idea of like oh yeah I can pray. Mm-hmm. That's a relatively new. Right. I mean, even go, go back to the the Catholic Church. Right, and that's within our own Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of have some of this intercession you the and and it works into this like you have the saints you have I'm going to go to the priest like I'm going to go to the priest for confession and, and absolution as opposed to like I'm going to just directly talk with God about that mm-hmm. right right 
fairly modern concepts, especially when compared to Moses. Ancient world, you always went to the priest or the oracle or the... And you had to go to a specific place. The fact that God's moving with them... Is huge. That that's a different thing, right? Right. Even the Jews. I was listening to uh, Marty on one of his sermons. He's talking about the fact that when the when the Jews got deported and their temple got tore down, they assumed they lost connection with God. And, and Ezekiel says, "No, He is with you. He is with you." Right. So well, and you know, we can be like, "Oh, those silly Jews," but. That's really easy for even us to fall into that. Oh, we don't have a... I don't know if this applies to Mission Ridge at all, but... Oh, I don't know. We don't have a church building, so you know, we <laughs> just can't really be a church. Right. That, you know, I'm not calling anybody out with that, but I'm just saying, like, that might be something that we could possibly mm-hmm. empathize with. Well, and I also... So let's think about this too, when we've had friends or family, and we're like, hey, do you want to go to church with me? And they're like, eh, you know, whatever the reason, right? Sure. Too much on my plate, too, you know, like, are are we like Moses in the fact that we don't press that conversation further? Right. Or mm-hmm. or, or do we just go, well, you know, I mean, we we talk spiritual things from time to time. It's okay. Yeah. Ooh. I got a gold star for inviting. Mm, man. <laughs> and 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 we just we live with that proxy. I invited one time. Mhm. Yeah. We cool. live with that proxy and we, we're like, oh, we become the proxy. Mhm. Well, that's convicting, Rob. Thanks. Why'd you have to go there? That's fantastic. I didn't need that. <laughs> oh, darn it. I'm going to go text some people. Hold on. <laughs> wow. No, actually, fun story. I did that during the middle of uh, church. Uh, I was texting in church uh, because you said something. And I was like, you know what? I haven't bugged that person in a hot minute. And so I sent him a text. I was like, hey, when are you coming to church? Now, this person has previously told me that uh, they would burst into flames if they walked into a church. Mm. So, uh, Do you tell them that's why we have a sprinkler system? Yeah, uh, well, this this was back when we were in our office. I'm like, well, it's not a church building; it's a basement, so you're good. <laughs> there you go. Safety first. Right now, it's a public house, so it's practically a bar. Yeah. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Could be. I don't. I don't. Put a white claw in a koozie, and we won't even know. So you'll be fine. <laughs> Game on. Game on. Whatever they got to do to get to church, I'll take it. I'll take it. Speaking of number four. Number four, yes. Wow. I'm matching your energy from earlier. And that, kids, is why Logan does the transitions. (laughs) That was glorious. Rob and I nailed that. That was something. All right. Well, yeah, speaking of number four. Which is? I I, I smell an Easter egg. Maybe I just leave this in there. That was that was something else. All right. Do you know what season it is, Logan? Do I know what season it is? I think we're on season three of Mission Ridge currently. We just started season three. Um, 
happy birthday to Mission Ridge back in September. Mm-hmm. We didn't celebrate that very well, so I think we're season three. Um, but this part of the season is known as the most glorious time of the year. Speaking of number four, this uh, will be season four. We've been through three years. Two, three. Third uh, third birthday, wouldn't it? Third birthday, fourth season. Oh, well, then that's not right. That's not our third birthday, then. That's our second. No, it's... Is it? I've been here three years. Because we started services in 2018. I I wasn't a part of this. I don't know why I'm trying to... 21 would have been... Yeah, we did So we're starting our fourth? Yes. Oh, man. We've been doing this forever. (laughs) (sighs) I really was throwing that transition up so you could knock it into the Advent season. and That's exactly where I was going in a roundabout fashion. I didn't want to just like make it too easy there, my goodness. I feel like our... It's number four. (laughs) That's a smoother transition. Well, in the four, I thought was like, you were just like, yeah, I'm getting to number four on the list. My goodness. All right. Well, now that we're done talking about discipleship, let's talk about Christmas, because that's the more fun thing to talk about. Absolutely. Yes and amen. Let's talk. What, Jen, what would you like for Christmas? World peace. No. Fantastic. <laughs> done. Rob? <laughs> My credit card paid off. <laughs> that too. There you go. All right, all oh, right, all right. Man, the student loans that are coming through, like I could almost, like I'm mm. in that group, and I'm like, Please, Lord, that would be the best Christmas present. Like, I could be in that group, I think. So that's what I want. That's All right. That's what you want. There you go. I, I want things to stop breaking at my house and my cars. And <laughs> I understand my kids. That. Yep. I like that. I yeah. like that. That'd be... Okay. Like a car that's my own, not one that I'm borrowing longer than I owned my last car. <laughs> oh. There you go. And you? What do you want for Christmas? You know, uh, I don't have... I, I mean, I got a full list of things that I'll send my family and people that hypothetically get me presents. And I probably won't get many things off of the list because I developed my father's habit of big items. <laughs> <laughs> you have expensive taste. He's had a new tennis court on his Christmas list since I was a child. Mm-hmm. Because uh, ours is there's there's ours I don't know whatever the daily tennis court back back home uh, has developed large cracks in it, and so it's uh, you're taking your ankles lives in in mm. in your hands mm. by going out and playing on that one. Yeah, uh, you get some weird bounces every once in a while. Ball hits it and just like gets stuck in the. <laughs> <laughs> These are all things that could possibly so yeah, but he's been uh, he's been wanting that, but that's not a small thing. Like, no, and no. that list just stays up. Mark's list, three hundred and sixty-five year days out of the year, it's just there. Mm. It never changes, and somehow all of his children ended up doing kind of the same thing. Teresa's got one on the microwave because she was like, "I want this where everyone sees it all the time." Brilliant. <laughs> the problem with that is then her brothers come up with ideas of like how to modify the list. Yeah, you know, let you me know. help you out. Yeah, like she definitely needed a life that needed to be added on there. Low hanging fruit. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I don't. But I don't have anything real specific. I just uh, I, 
I just really kind of want to enjoy. I just want to enjoy a nice, calm, quiet Christmas. Mm. That's what I want. Mm. Yeah, just we're trying to, to figure out what we're, what we're going to do for Thanksgiving because mm. our kids don't like a traditional Thanksgiving meal. Should do ham. I think that's what they decided. Oh, man, We're going to do so ham, good. cheesy potatoes. Don't give me that look, Jen. Ham is fantastic. Gross. Well, not the way I cook it. Like with, with like a little cinnamon and the raisin like and the, the brown sugar. and <sighs> You guys have to remember, being, being raised Seventh-day oh, Adventist, I didn't eat ham until I was in high school. Which means that you should love it even more. Yeah. Cause yeah. Like yeah. Other pork pork chops, love. Pepperoni, love. Something about the way the ham is cured, I just... Oh, man. Give me turkey. Prime... We got to cure you of that. Yeah, I was was thinking it. Prime rib. Can you do prime rib for Thanksgiving? Oh, I can. Mm. Did I I tell you about my record? (laughs) Costco, baby. Mm. Still, (laughs) it's over 100 bucks. Yeah, prime rib's expensive. I didn't know that. It's over hundred bucks. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. Since it's also in, it's also very time intensive. Uh, yeah, there you go. Okay, all right, all right. So that's Advent, but uh, it, we're 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 launching into that this week. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. We'll talk a little bit. We've we've kind of talked a little bit about this about how we're going to celebrate. So Rob, you got to wrestle with Thanksgiving celebrations, which is really the pre-Christmas meal. Mm-hmm. It's it's the that's the pregame for Christmas. You got to stretch your stomach out, get in the mood for all of the good Christmassy food that's coming. Like you got to get in pie shape. So what is your Christmas meal? If uh, Christmas meal can look very very similar to tur- like Thanksgiving. You that's... do the turkey. Uh, traditionally, my family does so Thanksgiving turkey, all of the classic foods like that. Sometimes we'll do a ham. I, I feel like there's been, but but Christmas is always ham for sure. See, like that back in the day with Grandma's house, like we there was always ham. Probably probably a turkey also. Like there was a lot of people a lot of times, so that was that was pretty good. Yeah, but, we just uh, did turkey both. But none of the like yams, sweet potatoes, get that out of here. Oh man, no. I didn't like sweet potato, like the yams in a can that. With marshmallows on top? No, get that. Yeah, you're right. That's gross. But fresh sweet potatoes with yeah. like a crumbly like we'll be pecan top. We'll be making not to well, we'll probably just do marshmallows, but there you go. Yeah. Is pie uh, shape mm-hmm. is that uh is that round? Or is that three point one four times bigger than what you should be? Well, it's just uh yes. Um, that's getting your your stomach up to three point one four times the capacity that it was pre Thanksgiving. Okay, that, I think that's my brilliant. That's that's what I would call it. Pie shape, like it's like getting your you like either way you're you're rounding things off a little bit. Absolutely, right? yeah, yeah. Really, well kind of just rounding off the joke. year. Yeah. So that's that's good. That's yep. good. I like this. I like this is where this is really going places. <laughs> Yeah. Really going <laughs> places. It's really making people anticipate mm-hmm. the end of footnotes. Yes, keep which running. Is, keep running, Mike. You're doing great. You, that's that also contributes to pie shape. But uh, r- anticipation is really what we're trying to get at here, mm-hmm. because that's what anv- Advent is all about. Or Advent. Great, I speak so good. Advent's all about that anticipation. Mm-hmm. Can you anticipate? Like, are, do you feel it? Can you feel it? It's coming. 
It's I'm a coming. So excited for the end of footnotes or for Advent. It's hard to <laughs> it's hard to feel it when it's sixty five degrees outside. That's true. I'm wearing November. shorts today. <laughs> I wore. I pulled my Birkenstocks back out. I'm like, ooh, baby, here we go. Yeah. Just don't do that for too long. It, it was very nice. Post haste. There you go. All mm. right. Well, yeah, we'll be launching into Advent, and then we'll just wrap up the Christmas season. It'll be fantastic. It'll be wonderful. Yeah. Glorious. Yep. All right. Peace. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes. You stole my goodbye. (laughs) 